Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hey, Katie, how are you? I'm doing all right, Missa. Um, I don't think we talked about this, but I did want to give a little mental health tip to our listeners because I've noticed with, you know, winter dragging on and a pandemic dragging on that I was a little bit depressed lately. Um, And the, uh, the thing I've learned through therapy, because it used to be back before I did therapy, I wouldn't realize I was depressed until I started having like self-harm or suicidal ideation. Um, But because the reality is that like, I would have been depressed for months at that point and I hadn't realized it. And so it's really like, There are some things you can pick up on to realize you're depressed and maybe help mitigate that or, you know, start working to bring yourself out of a depressive state. Um, And for me, those are escapism and also just feeling like the simplest tasks are the hardest thing in the world. So be kind to yourself. Mental, you know, depression is a illness. And so if you find yourself just wanting to sit around and watch TV and not do your laundry or whatever, it, you know, you could be beating yourself up because you're late because you think you're being lazy, but you know, you might just be depressed and you might need to, you know, rather than let it get really bad, like I used to, um, you might need to start taking steps to pull yourself out of that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, great information. Um, last year, start of the pandemic, we did a, a uh, self-care, uh, magical self-care episode, little check-in. Um, so if you haven't heard that one, or maybe you want to re-listen to it, now might be a good time. You know, we're almost uh, a year into this pandemic. Um, depending on where you are in the world, you may be more than a year into it. Um, so just make sure that you're all taking care of yourselves, doing what you need to do. And especially, you know, if you need to do something, you know, if you need to get on medication, if you need to take a break, do something like that. Um, and so last year's episode, our self-care episode, we touched a little bit on some of the topics we're going to be talking about today. But today we really want to talk about self-love. Um, mm-hmm. If you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out, and we just had Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day if you celebrate because you're a Leslie Nope stan like I am. And so, you know, you've been celebrating other people. So we really want you to start celebrating yourself and using that love magic for yourself. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we're talking about self-love and kind of love magic because, you know, it is Valentine's Day and like love, you know, people try to use magic to get things that seem a little impossible to get, like you know, for some people, love is a really difficult topic or, you know, money or career or whatever. But yeah, it's like money magic and love magic are the two biggest things. Um, We haven't really talked about love magic, though, because we have some issues with love magic. Yeah. Um, Like you said, Katie, money magic, love magic, those are like the big things that people do in witchcraft that you're always seeing people Um, you know, the spells that people are working on. As a general rule, uh, Baby Witch Podcast does not condone love spells because they involve performing magic on someone without their consent. Um, So that's a a big part of our moral and ethical value is consent. When you're practicing a love spell to make someone else love you – or lust after you, that's changing their, what they want against their will. Um, so to us, that, that crosses a line. That being said, there are some ways to practice love magic without violating someone else's consent. We are going to touch on those today. Um, but just general, a lot of the love magic that you see, that you'll read about in books, um, we're not of. Yes, exactly. And Yeah, it's very messed up because you're essentially taking away someone's free will. And to give you an idea um, of how creepy this can be, you know, I did a little bit of research for this podcast uh, by looking in, um, you know, the encyclopedia 5000 spells that we reference often by Judica Elish. 
Um, but, or Judica Isles, I'm going to always mess that up. Um, but like at the front part, cause she does kind of a summary of that theme of magic for each chapter in that book. And at the beginning of the love magic chapter, there's a summary of best practices to make love magic work. And the last point was incredibly creepy. Cause it was like, if you keep doing spells and the object of your affection is just not returning those, you know, do X, Y, Z to wear down their resolve and get your intentions through. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like you, that is incredibly creepy. Like, you should not be wearing down people's resolve. Like if they tell you no, you should be saying no. You should not be doing like love magic after love magic after love magic. And then that doesn't work. So you're going to do this thing to wear down their free will. Like that is, that's creepy. That is really creepy. I'm just going to put that out there. That is incredibly creepy. Yeah. It's, um, again, it would be the same as, you know, you're thinking like, you're forcing someone to have feelings that they don't naturally have. Um, you, that's not something that you want to start a relationship on, especially if this is someone that you really care about and you want them to care about you too. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've all watched Practical Magic. I've watched it um, countless times, truly countless times. It's been over a month since the last time I watched it, though. It's probably time for a rewatch. <laughs> but you see a lot of love magic in that movie, And in the book, actually, I I recommend going back and reading the book and reading all of the books. I'm reading the the third book right now, which is called Magic Love. And it is a, so the the second book is a prequel, and then the third book is a prequel to the prequel. But Love Magic, and then the Practical Magic book one of the the woman in the movie that says, I want him to love me so bad he can't stand it. And then she stabs the the bird's heart. Um, in the book, she gets what she wants. She He falls in love with her. He And then she can't get rid of him. And she lives out a life of misery. And she never speaks to anyone again because she's so miserable that this guy is so madly in love with her. That's what love magic does. Um, so just be very careful if you're practicing something like that. That's, you know, you don't want someone who's, falling in love with you unnaturally yeah and I almost think you know love potions or like the idea of wearing down someone's resolve like when I hear wear down their resolve I'm almost thinking you know like let's get them drunk so I can wear down their resolve and they'll say yes mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. let's roofie them and get them to do what I want them like yeah it's it's really fucking creepy and you should not be practicing love magic in that way Yes. So that's why today we're going to be talking about self-love magic and we're going to be talking about spells and and love magic that don't change anyone's will, um, that don't require you to violate their consent. Yes, because there are ways like self-love. I'm going to, I love Melissa to death, but she... (laughs) Um, has been with her now husband since she was 18. And so she has not had to go through some of the trials and tribulations that I know a lot of other single women like me have had to go through. And like, we'll discuss this. And there are some certain things that like you need to work on with yourself before you can get into a more serious relationship and find what you're looking for. Um, so, you know, these, this information is going to kind of focus on that. We're also going to focus on some information where, like, you're trying to call in a soulmate or a lover or someone, but it's not, like, a specific lover. You're just, like, bring a lover to me, and it doesn't necessarily, like, it could be anyone that the universe thinks you are suited for, basically. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think we wanted to start out. Um, because we are huge uh, Gabriella Herstic th- stands um, with talking about her self-love spell. Yes, and this is in the um, moon section of her book, and it's pretty straightforward. It's just you take a ritual bath, and then you anoint yourself with oil and do mirror affirmations while lighting a candle. And I used to do it like every month as a way to honor my menstrual cycle. I'm not really doing it anymore for various reasons. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's just a way to imbue 
a sense of love with yourself. And also like, it's a excuse to take some time and show yourself the affection that you deserve. And, you know, as far as finding a partner, like if you don't have confidence, like confidence is the sexiest thing in the world. And if you don't have confidence, you are probably not going to attract the type of partner that you want. And you gain confidence by truly loving yourself and by, you know, enjoying your own company. And so you can't really find the partner that you're seeking unless you like who you are and you are working on who you are as a human being and you learn to really love yourself. And so you can't really establish firm relationships with someone else unless you, until you love yourself and you like who you are as a person and you're established in who you are as a person. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think about doing these self-love spells, that's really to remind you who you are, what your qualities are, what your, um, what your positive traits are so that you can recognize them in yourself. And that way it helps you build on them and help other people recognize them. Um, you want to make sure when you, I mean, love with other people starts with love for yourself because you, you want to know your worth and you want someone else to know your worth. You know your worth and you want someone else to see your worth. You don't want someone who would treat you badly. You don't want someone who would think that you're useless or unworthy. You want someone that looks at you and thinks all of those positive things about you. Um, so for instance, and, and not even a, a partner, if you were to look in the mirror and say something negative about yourself, imagine instead that you're looking at your best friend and you've just said that negative thing about them. No, you would never do that. Um, so don't do that to yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. Like you're looking at your best friend and you're just like, yes, girl, you are hot shit. Those jeans look amazing on you. Dang. I don't care if you haven't been working out. Those curves are beautiful. Or you know what? You don't need to be curvy. You have the perfect silhouette just as you are. Like, you know, talk to yourself in the mirror. Like you are talking to your best friend, someone you love. Doesn't necessarily have to be romantic love. Mm-hmm, exactly. And yeah, that is a part of being a human is that, um, you know, aside from maybe our siblings, there is no one human being who stay, who is a part of your life for your entire life. So you, you know, I was introduced to this concept when I think when I was in high school, like someone introduced this philosophical concept that human beings are truly alone because we travel through the world by ourselves, um, essentially with the exception of like, maybe you have a twin or maybe you have, you know, a sibling who's only a year or two younger than you and you outlive them, whatever. Um, but, you know, we are pretty like, you know, there is such a thing as solitude and you might spend a lot of years working by yourself and you don't really have any partnership. So like the best thing you can do is to really like who you are and enjoy your own company and not be constantly looking to fill a void because you are unhappy with what you are like with what, who you are when you're alone, basically. Yeah. Um, now that being said, again, you're the, so doing that self for that spell for self love, looking in the mirror, telling yourself those affirmations. Um, like I said, you want someone who you want to be with someone who would say those things to you. So start by saying them to yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And so we want to talk about the what we we mentioned earlier a spell to kind of set standards for a non-specific lover. So, you know, that might be one of the things that someone that praises your beauty, someone that praises your mind. Um, so this is really a spell and just kind of an idea. We're not going to go through, you know, steps like this candle, you know, walk in a circle three times. We're not going through all of that, but just the concept of the, why you would perform this spell. Yes. And I heard about this and I wish I could, I wish I, you know, I wish I could have looked this up. I did some research. I probably should have just gone back and listened to the entire episodes, but unfortunately I just didn't have time. Um, but I forget, it was either um, Kristen Soleil or Lisa Marie Basile talked about this when they were on Witch Wave, I believe. Um, and 
one of them, I, whichever one it was, they talked about a spell that they had done to bring someone who ended up, I think, either being their husband or their long-term partner into their life. And basically it was, you know, you, you don't have a, a specific person in mind, but you get objects that represent what you want. Um, so I think in the story they told, they like grabbed an old lighter to represent someone who was old fashioned, but, you know, not boring and played it safe or, um, you know, you could do stuff like if you want someone who is, you know, very literate and likes to read and all that stuff, you could get, you know, your favorite book or like a classic, you know, say, Great Expectations. <laughs> so you grab Great Expectations and that's your representative. You want someone who's very well read and knows the classics and can discuss literature with you. Or say you want someone who knows how to cook. So you grab, you know, your favorite chef's knife and you put that in to represent um, who you are trying to, ma- the type of lover you are trying to manifest. And so, and it can be as many things as you want. You know, you could grab a, a big dildo and that represents you want a guy with big dick. I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you can play with that however much you want. And, you know, you kind of, you know, in the normal spell structure, you would get those objects. And then I would imagine probably write like a petition paper and then um, say out loud what you want and burn the petition paper and raise your cone of power, et cetera. But yeah, it's just a spell where you use objects to represent what you want in a partner. And I mean... Or maybe just a lover. Maybe you just want someone for a night. I don't know. I'm not judging you. Um, But this goes to something that I have had to learn personally. And this is actually a big deal for me because I was abused by my mother growing up. And because of that, you know, when your own mother treats you horribly, it made me not set high expectations for myself because I was used to being mistreated, so it didn't set off red flags for me when men would mistreat me when I was younger. And so that has been a process for me that I have had to learn throughout my 20s is to set high expectations for my partners and not waver on them. Like my last relationship ended because he wasn't living up to my expectations. And Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but I mean, you don't want to, you don't, I mean, don't set your expectations so high that you're not going to marry anyone unless it's like George Clooney or someone like that. Or I don't who's a hot young guy? I I just made myself sound so old. Um, Elliot Page. Uh, I don't know why that was the very first person that jumped in my head, maybe because Elliot Page has always been hot and now he's just hot in a different gender. Um, Elliot Page was older anyway, than me, though. Please, yeah, thank you. I don't know any young hot guys and or girls either in their twenties. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know a lot of hot young celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Noah Sentiento is Noah Sentiento hot? I don't know. I'm too old for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the little brother on the Fosters, so like, not for me. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, so. You don't want to like set your standards so high that you're never going to find someone. But at the same time, you know, there should be some basic things like you should respect my boundaries. You should talk to me kindly. You should. And I mean, those aren't just your standards. You should also be like they should be determined and have purpose in their life or like those are things for me. Like I don't want to be with someone who doesn't who doesn't match my drive because, you know, really what you want in a partner is someone who you can build a life with. And, you know, if you're sitting there and you're putting in all the work and they're not putting in the work to build that life with you, then that can cause problems. So anyway, I'm just saying a big step in creating a relationship that works is to set standards and not allow yourself to cave on those standards. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, lots of different ways to do that with that spell. You can do objects, you can do something on a petition paper. Um, and you know, like Katie wants someone that's grounded and has, you know, certain career goals and things like that. You might want someone who also practices witchcraft. Um, and so you might put a pentacle on, you know, you might use that to represent them. You might want someone who 
is, you know, really outdoorsy. And so you put your hiking boots on there. I, you know, you might want someone who's a, a free spirit, any, any kinds of things just, you know, and you're not necessarily thinking, oh, well, I want these, this is that guy at, you know, that works at big five, he's really outdoorsy and a free spirit. And so I want him to, you know, I'm going to put these things on the, on the altar to manifest him. You're just thinking about someone who could come into your life randomly. And we're talking a lot about men just because we both in the past have only dated men. Of course, we're very queer friendly on this podcast. So when we say men, just, you know, whatever, or think whatever gender or, or non-gender, non-binary people that you want to manifest into your life. Yes, I second that. Yeah. And that's a thing like we have only dated men so or cisgender men. And so that's why we're mainly speaking in heteronormative terms. And we apologize for that. But yeah, that's the experience we have. So but yeah, if you want, you know, if you are a lesbian and you want a woman who plays rugby and, you know, has a dog, those are two oh. very big stereotypes for my personal life. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, go for it. I mean, you can try to manifest whatever and you can try to manifest and set whatever standards that you want. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the last kind of spell that we're going to be talking about, and we're, we've got a lot more to talk about, but just like we want to talk about three kind of specific types of love magic that you could perform. Um, and so the third one would be a blessing for a new relationship. And this is does involve two specific people, um, but it's not necessarily doing anything against the other person's will. Yes, and I came up with this idea because about six months ago a friend came to me and they were like hey I want a way to try to like firm up this relationship that I just started because it means a lot to me and I want it to work and I was like whoa 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 buddy we do not believe in love magic in this house because it takes away the person's free will and they were like yeah that's true I don't want to take away you know I care about this person I don't want to subvert their free will Um, But is there anything else I could do? So I wrote up a quick like blessing for them. And basically all it is is lighting a white candle. And then I think the blessing I found was an old Irish blessing for a new relationship. And that's all it is. Just light a candle and ask for blessings. I mean, I feel as though blessings are nebulous enough. Like you're asking a higher power to, you know, kind of charm or make the relationship go as good as possible. But you're not like, you know, trying to manifest something so you're kind of giving it to a higher power and the higher power will bless it to the best of their abilities and I think that's the best version of trying to make something like that work so yeah yeah um and so talking about higher powers we do have a list of deities that we kind of wanted to go over um if you don't have a specific deity that you work with or whoever is regularly in your pantheon wouldn't necessarily be good for love magic or for self-love magic. Um, There are a few that we, you know, might recommend working with or or looking into at least for for blessings or um, like that or for love magic or anything like that or or self-love magic is what I mean. Um, So the first is, you know, the obvious Venus and Aphrodite. Um, Aphrodite is the Greek manifestation and Venus is the, the Roman goddess of love and beauty so very, very popular <laughs> in mm-hmm. modern culture. Um, and a lot of people work with Venus and Aphrodite, especially. I think we mentioned it in the candle of working with them on Friday um, because that's the, the day dedicated to Venus. Mm-hmm. And that's just generally a good day. If you're going to do love magic, that's the best day of the week to do it. Um Yeah, and I think, speaking of Gabriella Hurstic again, I believe she is specifically a devotee of Venus, which she actually is a very interesting person because, you know, I've heard in a lot of her interviews, like, she's so interested in love, she's so invested in love, she's a devotee to Venus, and she's very sex positive, and she posts all these very sexy photos on Instagram, Um, but she's never actually been in love with another human, so she might be, you know... 
she might be a good example to follow if you yourself are having, you know, issues or are curious about that or, you know, maybe I don't really know her personal workings. Maybe, I mean, it sounds like she wants love based on the interviews I've heard, but I'm not judging. Maybe she's just interested in having a really great sex life and maybe that's you too. And yeah, more power to you. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, So then I wanted to talk about a couple of Greek gods. Um, So there's, everyone's kind of heard of Eros. The Roman version of Eros is Cupid. Uh, talking about Valentine's Day yesterday, and Cupid, um, or Eros, is one of the Erotes, Erotes, I can't pronounce Greek, Um, but there's a list of, I should have counted how many of there are, like seven or nine um, Greek gods of love, so they're all like siblings or something, Um, I'm bringing up two of them, They're, they're all gods of different types of love, and actually Greek um, the ancient Greeks had so many different versions of love. Um, there wasn't just love. There was romantic love. There was friendship love. Um, just they, they had a totally different concept of love than we do in the Western world today. Um, and so it's really cool that they had all these different gods. So the, the so there's Eros, who was the Greek god of love and sex, again, also known as Cupid. There's also Anteros. Um, who was the Greek god of requited love. So if you're working with any kind of love magic, um, I thought that would be a good one to work with because it's someone who, you know, a, a deity who's making sure that the love is returned and is working with return, doing a blessing for a new relationship. Or if you're wanting self-love or if you're trying to bring in someone, um, you know, just call for a, a non-specific lover to, to manifest someone, that, that would be a great god to work with because it's a god that's making sure that the love that you feel is returned to you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, that's a really good point, especially if you are, you know, itching to do some love magic because you're in an unrequited love situation. Like maybe drop that and just hope and, you know, just work with Anteros for someone who will show you requited love. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And again, I think that the best type of requited love is um, Mm self-love, radical self-love, just, you know, making sure that you love yourself as much as possible. And and it's hard, but that's why I think it's something that's important to work with, um, to to work toward. So next, (laughs) the next thing I want to talk about is the goddesses in my my triple goddess um, pantheon is Freya, who is the Norse warrior goddess of love and beauty. Um, Freya is also venerated on Fridays. So again, Fridays are a great day for any kind of love magic. Um, So again, she's Norse. And she's also just, I I like her because she's also a warrior goddess. Um, So she's not necessarily this soft, cushy love goddess. She's a badass. Yeah, I really love her because she's so complex because not only like she's the goddess of war, like she takes half of all of the warriors who die and the other half go to Valhalla. She's, um, you know, the goddess of love and beauty and sex. She's the goddess of magic. Like she's just a very complex deity. And I I work with her a bit and I I actually have a fancy statue of her, but I think she's, you know, I think, you know, she's very cool and deserves a lot of respect. So, yeah. Yeah, and again, if you're if, if you're talking about self love, um, I've talked in the past about doing a lot of glamour magic. So I'll do, you know, I'll anoint myself um, with uh, the symbol of Freya, and you know, call into myself all of her love and beauty, um, and that really helps me. Whether or not it actually help, makes me more beautiful, it makes me more beautiful in my own eyes, and that's a form of uh, one way that I practice self love magic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's a great way to do it. Glamour magic. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's something I've been, I actually discussed with my therapist. Cause I was like, I haven't worn makeup in a year and I feel kind of down on myself. So now I'm like experimenting with wearing makeup more, even though I'm working alone at home, because it's like, this is a boost of self-confidence because I'm basically putting a glamour on and blah, 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 erasing the dark circles below my eyes. So yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, so then I also wanted to bring up Oshun who is a Yoruban Orisha of divinity, femininity, fertility, beauty, and love. Um, so the Orisha, 
are African diasporic deities. So if you are not necessarily of African descent, probably not the uh, deity that you should be working with. But if you are of, of African descent, um, you know, definitely, if and you, and you do work with Orishas, Oshun, the river goddess, would be a, a great one to work with in love magic. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then we have a few Celtic deities because... As I am learning, as I learn more about Celtic mythology, like there's like Irish deities and Celtic deities and then like continental deities, which I'm I'm learning more about this. So, you know, I do want to say because I think I've talked about this generally, but when we talk about Celtic mythology and practice, like it wasn't the same everywhere. But that being saying, like if you're lineages from France and the continent, but you're also Celtic like me, that's difficult because nothing got written down from Celtic from the continental Celtics because the Romans went in and murdered them all. So anyway, um, anyway, long, I was just giving you an update on things I'm learning as I'm learning them. Um, so there's a few, um, let's start with the Irish ones. So there's a few Irish gods and goddesses. I do want to say that like none of the Celtic gods and goddesses are really straightforward. So these are all going to be gods, uh, like they're going to be deities that, cover more than one sphere so the first is angus who's the irish god of love youth and poetic inspiration and i want to say he is the one like all of these other dated with other things primarily but goddess is but not goddess um angus is the one god that i've heard pretty he's like the irish love god so he'd probably be pretty great to work with um and then there's Aine who is the Irish goddess of love, summer, wealth, and sovereignty. Um, And she's also, in some sources, consider her to be um, one, uh, like one of the many goddesses that fall under the Morgan triple goddess category, because that's really nebulous and controversial, depending on which source you read. Um, But... Yeah, she's also a little bit associated with fairies. Um, but yeah, she's associated with the land a lot. She's considered to be an earth goddess. Um, yeah, and she's pretty cool. And also on that note, I don't think we discussed this earlier, Missa, but the Morrigan is also considered to be like a loving, like because she's the dog does wife. Mm-hmm. And she's she does have this like lover aspect to her or sex or you know she does have a soft side to her so that's also another goddess you can work with again she's considered to be a dark goddess so maybe do your information don't just go to her straight for love and sex um but another irish goddess is Maeve, who much like Ine is associated with fairies but she's also like she's very associated with sex she legendarily was uh like it took 30 men to satisfy her in one night, that sort of thing. Um, and she's also the goddess of intoxication. Um, and she plays very, she's a very prominent character in the Ulster cycle of mythology, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Um, and then on the Welsh side, we have Branwen, who is the goddess of love and beauty. And I almost didn't put her on this list because she has like a fucked up love life personally in the mythology. She, uh, she is a the sister of the king of uh, Wales, and then she gets married to the king of Ireland. And the king of Ireland really mistreats her and like locks her up, and her kids get killed, and it's fucking awful. And I'm like, when I saw that source after source was referring to her as a goddess of love, I was like, that's kind of fucked up, and I don't agree with it. Um, but you know, that is, uh, I, I guess, if you resonate with that, though, or Maybe, you know, if you have a, had a tumultuous love life, she would be a good goddess to talk to to try to work through some of your trauma, that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I did just want to say, like, she keeps being noted as a goddess of love. And I keep being like, really? really? <laughs> like, I don't think she's a healthy example of her love life. I don't think her love life is a healthy example of love. Let me rephrase that. But yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... Gods and goddesses of love exist in across all cultures. Um, there are Slavic deities. There are we didn't even touch on any like Central or South American deities. Again, lots more of African diasporic deities um, like Egyptian and Canaanite. Um, 
so there are a lot depending on, you know, what culture resonates or, you know, what culture you're coming from, what you have in your ancestry, who you're working with. I really recommend going and, and researching those. Even immediately before we recorded the podcast, I pulled um, a, an Oracle card from a new deck that I got that I'm just kind of not even really using as an Oracle deck yet. I'm just kind of reading through all the cards. Um, and I picked up, um, I'm going to pronounce this wrong. There's a pronunciation on the card, but I put it away. It's, um, um, Amaterasu, who is a Japanese goddess embodiment of the sun. Um, so not necessarily a love deity, but her story is really cool. Um, she, went into a dark cave and people really missed her sunshine. And so they held up mirrors so that she could see herself reflected and see how beautiful she was and come out of the cave um, because only her beauty could like cheer her up. And so that I pulled that card right before this episode and I was just like, Oh my gosh, how perfect because we're talking about like self-love and beauty and seeing yourself in a mirror and loving what you see. And so Again, there might be other gods and goddesses out there that aren't necessarily technically a love god or goddess, but they have a, a story that might resonate with what you're needing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, you that make that's a great point. I mean, I almost feel a little weird recommending gods and goddesses of other cultures because at one a because at a certain point you're like, well do I have to list a god and goddess for like every single culture that exists in the world? And then you have a list of 200 gods and goddesses, but also because you like, that's not my culture. I don't necessarily like, I almost feel a little weird sharing information in for a culture that does not belong to me. Cause like maybe we share this on this podcast and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of people who are appropriating it. Yeah. And so maybe, so sometimes not share it. Like sometimes we, do, I do specifically not share information if it belongs to a culture outside of mine because I don't want to exacerbate the appropriation of certain cultures. Exactly. So, yeah. And again, I haven't done a lot of research on other cultures because those are deities that don't belong to me and I'm still new in my practice. I'm not saying I'm not going to do that research, but I'm still new in my practice. I'm still researching which deities work best for me. Um, but again, if you are of Japanese descent and you're looking for a deity to work with, that might be one that you look into. And I was, you know, that's just an example of, of the the history of the god or goddess or god X. Um, not that I know of too many non-binary or, you know, agender deities, but I'm sure there are some, I, I know there are some out there that are just not within my, my scope of knowledge. Um, but yeah, so you might look into those. And I also wanted to say to be careful who you're, you're working with. Again, not only not appropriating a marginalized culture, but also, you know, you might see someone, oh, this is a god of love. I want to work with this god. But you really look into a little bit more. Again, we talked about backstories. So of the Erotes, you know, I talked about Anteros, who's the god of requited love. There's also Himeros, um, known from... A Lady Gaga song, um, who is the god of unrequited love. And that might not be the best deity to work with if you're trying to bless a new relationship or help you love and accept your status without a partner or help you just be, you know, love yourself. If you're dealing with a god of unrequited love, um, that might not be the best one to to help you realize your own self-love. Yes. And another example is like the example I just gave the Morrigan, you know, the Morrigan, she is on a certain level associated with love and sex, but also that's not primarily what she's known for. She's also like a war, death, magic, sovereignty goddess. And maybe you don't so much want the death and war and magic mixed up in your in your love life. So yeah, do your research. Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so again, there are a lot of more deities out there. We really encourage you to look into them if this is something that you're really interested in. We kind of just wanted to give you an example of, you know, who to look for, what kind of, you know, or, you know, oh, I've heard of that one. Maybe I will do some more research on that, something like that. Um, But we also wanted to talk about more ways to practice self-love and with either adding to the spells that we've mentioned before or... 
um, just to do to practice on their own. Um, so we just got done with a, a two part series on candle magic um, and candle magic is great for self love. You, we talked briefly about figure candles. So generally that would be when you work with figure candles, you know, that are in the shape of a person, you might be doing it in the shape of someone else. And that might be a healing, you know, someone might, you might do a, a healing spell for someone if they've asked you to, um, but you might also get a figure that matches your own body and or, you know, you can just use a pillar candle as well, and you can carve out the self-love qual- qualities you, man- you want to manifest, um, that you want to amplify. You know, we talked in the last episodes about writing it from wick, no wait, base to wick if you wanted to manifest it. Correct, Katie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. So base to wick if it's something you want to manifest. If it's something that you just want to amplify, you might write write it horizontally because it's just something that you want to be stable. It's something that you want to continue. Um, or, you know, maybe if there's a trait that you feel is preventing you from realizing radical self-love, you might write it wick to base to banish that quality. Um, so some, yep. some things you might write on there, you know, if, that you, that you want to manifest for yourself, that you're independent. So you might write independent, compassionate, things like that, things about you that that you really value that you want to amplify more. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, love candle magic is so versatile. It can be used for anything. So yes, absolutely. There's a million ways you can use candle magic to manifest self-love. Um, even in Gabriella, her six self-love spell, she says light a pink candle. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, there's a lot you can work with, but yeah, using a figural candle to represent yourself is a great way to do that. Yeah. Um, so we talked again earlier about a ritual bath. Um, so we want to talk about some of the things that you can, ways to create a ritual bath. Um, so you got your essential oils, you know, rose or lavender oil, um, or you can do rose petals and lavender buds. Um, Epsom salt was really great for ritual baths. I almost never take a bath without Epsom salt. Either that is like soaked in um, or like that has been infused with essential oil. Um, And then you can also put crystals in your bath. And we'll talk a little bit more about crystals as well. Um, And then I always like to put on some kind of music when I'm doing a a ritual bath, just to that way my brain isn't focusing on things. It's just focusing on the music. And so you might put on something that you really love that brings you peace, that makes you feel love. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I have repeatedly said that I feel as though baths are just such a great form of self-love, especially if you're like me and you get in your head or like you get really stressed out, like baths because of, you know, if you soak your body in hot water, they're very grounding. And to me, they, you know, they get you back in your body. They, make you see things like if you have a lot of fear or you have a lot of doubt, like they can help you see things more realistically or ground yourself or put yourself back into your body and really appreciate where you are and be more mindful. So just, yeah, in general, baths are a great spiritual tool and they're a great tool for getting to know yourself and loving yourself in a different way. Yeah. And then we, you know, we talked about rose, obviously roses are always associated with love. Um, I've been trying to get a little bit more into tea lately. I do this to myself every single year. I go, I'm getting into tea and then I get a little bit into tea and then it gets hot outside and I abandon the tea. But, um, if you want to make a self-love tea, I have one that is Tulsi, which is also called holy basil and rose hips. And then, um, hibiscus is added to a lot of herbal teas as well. So you can mix up something like that, or you can find a Tulsi and rose hip tea. I promise you they're out there cause I've bought them. Um, or any kind of self-love tea. I'm sure there's other, you know, small businesses out there that would sell you something like that. And that might, that might be your whole love spell is you just make a cup of this self-love tea and you sip it while thinking nice things about yourself. Yes. And as my teacher, Tanya Rachi repeatedly says, cause she's an herbalist, you know, these are the same herbs that our ancestors were drinking thousands and thousands of years ago. And so there's a lot of magic to just intentionally drinking a cup of tea, because especially if you like 
do it ceremonially. Like from, you're not just like running around boiling the water. You like sit, you watch, you wait for the water to boil, you pour the cup, you sip it very intentionally and mindfully. And so just the ritual of intentionally drinking a cup of tea and getting that ancient plant medicine into your body is magical in and of itself. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there's any kind of tea. If there's other herbs that you feel like create more self-love for you, use those herbs. You might want something spicy, um, not like hot spice, but like spice, spice, <laughs> like very flavorful mm-hmm. um, cardamom, things like that to really heighten the senses. Um, mm-hmm. And then other herbs that you might work with, um, again, if you're an herbal witch like Miss Katie here, um, there are definitely a lot of herbs that are associated with love and self-love. Yeah. And some of those herbs are rose, hawthorn, apples, calendula, hibiscus, vervain, yarrow, elderberry, lavender, mistletoe, mint, and rosemary. I do want to say with mistletoe, you only want to use that in spells when you, you don't ingest it because mistletoe is poisonous, but as an herb itself, like if you want to use it to dress a candle or, you know, put in a dream pillow or something, mistletoe is considered to be magical. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then some crystals, uh, just basic like love crystals, rose quartz, um, rhodochrosite, emerald, topaz, uh, pink tourmaline along with watermelon tourmaline that's tourmaline that has like a green outside with pink in the middle um, and then amethyst and then there's a couple others that I just wanted to discuss specifically agate is especially associated with self-love um, emeralds are associated with true love and you can actually get raw emeralds that are relatively inexpensive so don't think like you have to spend a thousand dollars for you know emerald jewelry or whatever and then amber is associated with love but it, through mythology, amber is also associated with Freya. If you want to, re- um, if you want to specifically work with her in Norse mythology, she actually uh, kind of hoes herself out to three dwarves in order to get this very this legendary amber necklace that is heavily associated with her, and she wears from there on out. Um, but yeah, amber is associated with love and with Freya. Yeah. So uh, if you're creating a a self-love altar or um, you want to put some crystals in your bath or around your bath if they're water solvent, um, be very careful. You know, we did a crystal episode, um, careful with your crystals, but there are a lot of witches that will put crystals actually just in the bathtub with them, similar to, you know, just it's you're soaking up the crystals energy that way. And I actually heard something recently about how to tell whether or not a crystal is safe to put in water. And generally, if it ends in it, it is not. So like quartz is great in water, but I just said, uh, I just talked about rhodochrosite and that because it ends in it, you probably should not put it in water. Yeah. Selenite is another one that ends in it. Not safe for water. Good to know. I mean, I knew selenite wasn't good for water, but. (laughs) Yeah. Same with malachite. Malachite's especially nasty. Malachite's interesting because even if you hold it and get it warm it will start putting toxins into your skin so yeah just yeah be careful yeah okay so the last thing that we wanted to talk about um we thought about doing a whole episode about this but it's not a subject that either of us know a whole lot about or really intend on incorporating into our practices in the future so we just thought it would be a really good idea to incorporate it into our love magic episode Um, uh, even though they don't always go hand in hand, um, but that is sex magic. And just a little rundown on sex magic. It's generally used as a way to raise your cone of power when you're in the midst of a spell. So we've talked about, you know, meditating into a candle is a way to do that. Um, dancing, chanting, there's a bunch of different ways that you can raise your cone of power, but also, um, sex magic is another way to do that. And you know, we say sex magic, but you don't necessarily need to have a partner. You don't need to be, you know, fucking someone. It can also be you masturbating. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically it's through orgasmic release, raising that cone of power. Yeah. Um, and again, like we talked about with consent, um, I would not practice sex magic unless your partner, the person you're having sex with, um, knows about it and is a willing participant. So you don't want to think like, 
oh, you know, I need to do this spell, so let me go grab my partner, um, and that way it'll be it'll be part of the spell without your partner knowing that they're participating in the spell. Um, so if you're mm-hmm. not willing to, or if your partner's not willing, or you don't have a partner, again, self-love magic, and self-love, if you get my drift, um, you, mm-hmm. you don't need a partner to perform sex magic, um, because we, we really want to make sure that everyone involved in the spell is consenting. Yes, exactly. And yeah, I mean, I don't know too much more about sex magic. I know that it tends to involve edging, which if you don't know what that is, that's like, bringing yourself to the point where you're about to climax and then stopping and then starting all over again. And as a person with a clitoris, I think that is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Um, I just am like morally against edging. So that's probably why I'm never going to practice sex magic. Um, But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. um, Again, that's, that's a basically, I'm glad that we didn't try to do a whole episode on it um, because Mm -hmm. Yeah, it. The, there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of information out there about sex magic. If it's something that you're interested in working with, um, it's a great way to raise a cone of power. Um, it's not something that you have to do all the time. It, you don't have to be a sex witch, and that's like the only type of magic you practice. It might be for specific spells that you practice. But I mean, if you're trying to manifest a new job, and you know, it also might be fun to. It might be a fun way to. Uh, raise a cone of power and release that energy while you're you're trying to get a new job. Mm-hmm. But again, if you're looking for a partner, um, you know you you do that. You, you put all the things on an altar of what you're interested in. Um, you know what the kind of person you're trying to manifest, and then that's how you manifest your energy. Maybe then you know they might go well, especially if maybe you're looking for a partner that's going to satisfy you sexually. Exactly. And if you do want to learn more, I just, you know, this critically acclaimed book did just come out, um, Sex Witch, Magical Spells for Love, Lust, and Self-Protection by Sophie St. Thomas. Um, I think that just came out on February 1st and is available on at every retailer that you can purchase it from as far as I can see. But yeah, um, I know that book just came out. I've heard a lot of good recommendations for it. Um and that might be a good way to start down that path if that is something you're curious about. Yeah. Um, so that kind of goes over um, what we wanted to talk to you all about. Love magic, self-love magic, different ways to practice it. You know, if you have a way that you've practiced it that you want to share with us, definitely let us know. Um, if you have more questions or you think that there's something that we didn't go into as much depth in as we could have, you can also let us know that as well. Um, but just remember that we are still also baby witches. Um, so we're, we're still learning. We might get things wrong and you know, where there's always a chance for us to correct them in the future. Yes, exactly. And if you do want to reach out to us, you can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at babywitchpod. All right. Well, we love you all. And we will talk to you all next month on the next Magical Monday. Bye. Bye.